Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The FT. The FT Arts Podcast is brought to you by Vacheron Constantin. This is the latest in the series, The Life of a Song, and I'm David Cheel. This week, Night on Disco Mountain. This week's song takes us on a journey from 19th century Russia to the dance floors of 1970s New York via Walt Disney with detours to Richard Strauss and Malcolm Arnold and asks, can popular and classical music be successfully amalgamated? To begin at the beginning, in 1867 Russian composer Modest Mussorgsky completed Night on Bald Mountain, a turbulent tone poem that depicted a witch's Sabbath. The work was never performed in his lifetime, but after his death, Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov came up with his own arrangement, and it is this version classical audiences have come to know. The work's swirling strings and ominous horns vividly conjure up a dark and blasted scene, so it was no surprise that in the late 1930s, when Walt Disney was making the animated compendium Fantasia, Night on Bald Mountain found its way into the film in a truly scary sequence, featuring a vast bat demon, flying skeletons, and all manner of Sabbathy strangeness. Conductor Leopold Stokowski came up with his own arrangement for the film. Disney's ambition with Fantasia was to find a meeting point between high culture and popular entertainment. The results were at times schmaltzy, but at its best, as with the Mussorgsky sequence, it's impressive. Thirty-odd years later, in a similar attempt to forge links between high and popular culture, a new musical genre was emerging from the bedrooms and music rooms of Britain. Progressive rock. Complex time signatures, changes of tempo, sophisticated lyrics. This was music that took itself very seriously. As bands such as Genesis, Emerson, Lake and Palmer and Yes strove to push the boundaries of rock music. There was a concomitant ambition to show that rock could be just as valid as classical music. Thus, Deep Purple's Concerto for Group and Orchestra was performed at the Royal Albert Hall in 1969, conducted by Malcolm Arnold. What's it like to be with us squares? Arnold asks Purple's keyboardist John Lord during rehearsals in the BBC's concert film. And thus, ELP incorporated classical works such as Pictures at an Exhibition another Mussorgsky piece, into their music. The problem with much of this rock classical stuff was that it simply wasn't very good. At the time, the Deep Purple Concerto seemed like the harbinger of an exciting new world, but today it just sounds crude and plodding. 
while ELP's classical adventures seem to be little more than launch pads for keyboardist Keith Emerson's noodling. Prog rock as a genre still has a substantial following. Last month, the Progressive Music Awards took place in London, naming Tony Banks of Genesis 2015's Prog God. But essentially, the rock classical project withered on the vine in the 1970s. The jazz world made somewhat more successful forays into this territory, most famously with French pianist Jacques Lussier's Plays Bach series. Also in 1973, Brazilian keyboardist Eumia Deodato released a stunning, funk-driven version of Richard Strauss's Also Sprach Zarathustra. Then along came disco, the apparent antithesis of classical music, with its elemental rhythms and repetitive nature. And yet it was disco that finally achieved a synthesis of the popular and the classical in two recordings that made it onto the soundtrack of the 1977 film Saturday Night Fever. First, musician and composer Walter Murphy disco-fied Beethoven's Fifth Symphony with A Fifth of Beethoven. Meanwhile, David Shire was composing original music for the film and came up with a disco version of Mussorgsky's piece, renamed Night on Disco Mountain. It was a triumph, the urgent downbeats of Mussorgsky's music chiming with the disco groove. This was a musical drama you could dance to. Given that his original piece featured a great deal of witchy dancing, Mussorgsky surely would have approved. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.